So, Doug, you're great with words and rhymes and puns. We wanted to um, set up this episode with a little challenge for you. So, you know those little sayings like, for a coral snake, red and black, friend of Jack, red and yellow, kill a fellow. Sure. You know those? I don't okay. think I know those specific ones, but I know what you're. I know what you're getting at. Oh, really? Well, it's it's to help you not get bitten by a coral snake. So because there's <laughs> oh, like, like the Mexican of three, mouse let it snake. Be. <laughs> yes, yeah. like that. Okay. So in honor of Amazon Prime Day, <laughs> we want you to make up a, a mnemonic for Prime Day. Okay. If you if you can, we I've come up with some in case. <laughs> well, let me hear one. Of, let me hear one of yours because usually, I okay. mean, my my rhymes and things are. I'm not like um, in, riffs. I'm not like a, a freestyle rapper. I'm yeah. more like I have to sit down and think about it for a long time, and then I'll come up with some. But um, do you physically write them down, or is it kind of like you keep it in your brain? I I write them. Write. I definitely write them down, like on a text document. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. I mean, when I sometimes I do those videos and I don't write them down, I just like shoot. I think about it and then record it. So that's kind of like writing it down. But anyway. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So here's here's one Chris wrote actually. Prime day is a crime day. <laughs> and that was okay. like the, <laughs> like the most like the most basic. lame basic example I could. I mean, I couldn't do any better than that. But that is like the uh, starting point for perhaps a good one. So <laughs> okay. And I've got uh, if you buy on Prime, you are slime. <laughs> okay. And then here's one more. Prime day missed. Meet Jeff's robot fist. That one's really dumb. But you get the idea. Okay. A cardboard box in the mail is the ultimate worldwide fail. (laughs) That's great. Oh, man. It's weird when you start to try to think of these rhymes, like I at least kind of can't stop. Now so I'm, think, now I'm thinking of more. You. Like, uh. Yeah, exactly. Like we're going to be stuck in this train of thought for like the rest of the episode. But if you think of more as we record, just rattle them off. Amazon, so. Amazon packaging is a forest being hack, hacketing. Hatcheting. <laughs> oh, oh, you could say a force of racketeering. Is that a word that works? That is. Well... <laughs> That is a word that doesn't rhyme with packaging. <laughs> Racketeering. Well, neither do, well, whatever. It's a slam. Hey, who are you? He is a boy. I'm Jeff Bezos. He's very thin. Amazon.com. I'm sure tomorrow. <laughs> so come away, don't like himself. Jeff Bezos. Very much because he is sent to set himself to stay at peace. Sent to Yeah, today's episode we're talking about Prime Day. When is and Prime Day? I'm every year. I just have such. It's my favorite holiday. So which? Yeah, but I, <laughs> I only moved it this year. So I you'd miss be it forgiven. I forgot to. It's it doesn't automatically pop up in my Google Calendar like every holiday should. <laughs> right. It's not. It's not on the calendar they send you when you donate to ASPCA or something. The calendar with all the holidays on it, because they move it. This year they moved it because of COVID. They moved it up to October thirteenth. So 
We're recording oh. this just in time to prepare for Prime Day. Thank God I didn't miss it. <laughs> yeah, thank God. I like to do a big blowout party every year, so welcome to Primeval Podcast, the podcast devoted to revealing Amazon's many ways of deteriorating our economies and social fabric. With your host, Natalie Alsop Edwards, and... And I'm Chris Perkins. Today we're joined by a guest. Here's comedian, writer, musician, podcaster, and fan of swimming in natural bodies of water, Doug Lucenhop. Great. Welcome to the show, Doug. Great description. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> wonderful to be here. Yeah. Thanks so much, Doug. Um, a real quick aside, I was listening to, I think it was, I think it was uh, the Poundcast. And I think it was with Vera Drew. And you're talking about a story with uh, David Liebehart where he ate a bunch of uh, cactus fruit from somebody's yard. Prickly pears. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I want you to know that if you see those in the store, like Bristol Farms or something, they're really good. I've, I've eaten them before, but I, I wonder if the ones he ate were covered with pesticide or something. <laughs> cause... Um, I don't know. Who knows? It could have been a psychosomatic reaction. <laughs> sure. Um, I've Maybe never had those. The spines. For some reason, I I don't look at those and think I got to eat. I have to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. So, yeah. like, how do you eat those? Do you eat them raw? Do you have to cook them? Uh, so the fruit you can eat raw, um, and then like just the like the green parts, they cook them. They sell them at like the taco stand. I, down I, in I've had San the Diego, green but... part, and it is the okay, worst yeah. thing on earth. What? The green no, part? Polis, you don't like that? I'd rather I, eat. I a, like I'd it. rather eat a raw squirrel. <laughs> wow. And you're vegan. That's that's a <laughs> And I'm a squirrel lover, by the way. <laughs> yeah. You do the squirrel watch, right? I do the squirrel report. Yeah, squirrel report. Very good. Yeah, the green parts I don't I don't like that much, no polis. But the red I don't, I don't part get it. is good. It's which I think it's called tuna, right, Natalie? I don't know. The okay. pears, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, well, back to when Prime it comes, to, well, when oh. it comes to, to cacti, I like the the spikes. <laughs> yeah. I just I, I just, I put them on like a like a little um, kind of like people use a, a, a like a parsley. I'll put on a sprinkle of spikes on my salad. Oh, sure. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, garnish. A garnish. Lovely. That's the word I was looking it's for. It's the crunchy part, <laughs> like in a like a candied pecan or something. You get spikes. Yeah. Um, adds a little blood to your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> so, oh, do you have a news yeah, report, so, Natalie? Yeah, so, Doug, we have a couple of segments on the show, and then we'll kind of get to the to the main bulk of it where we'll talk. But I have uh, three news tidbits to share with you all about Amazon. So the first one is, lawmakers say Amazon has turned a blind eye, blind eye to potential dangers posed by its own brand. So this is from CNN as of October 7th, and they say lawmakers demand Amazon recall certain items that may pose a safety risk to their customers, citing grossly inadequate safety oversight for Amazon Basics, which sells stuff like phone chargers and home electronics. They found like around 30 items with three or more reviews that customers mentioned these dangers remained on Amazon for sale and be and then became unavailable once CNN began reporting. Um but it's kind of interesting in contrast to we had an episode a couple weeks ago about Amazon like really committed to flagging um, any sort of keywords that were any any way close to indicating danger on their marketplace, but ironically don't have the same rigor for their own 
um, manufactured products. What a surprise. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> um, the next bit of news, EU lawmakers ask Jeff Bezos whether Amazon spies on politicians. And this is from The Guardian, October 7th. 37 members of the European Parliament said they were concerned Amazon deliberately targeted workers seeking to organize and also questioned whether the company had spied on politicians in response to the deleted job posting that described unions as threats. I don't know if y'all recall this job listing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do, but yeah. yeah, it was like, it seemed like it was big news on Reddit and nowhere else. So, Right. They basically had a job listing looking for somebody to prevent unionization um, within the company. And then, you know, somebody noticed and they just sort of like quietly took it down. And they were like, oh, there was a description that was incorrect, <laughs> which is just bullshit. But anyway, glad to see someone's following up on that. Yeah. So, okay. Who got the job? <laughs> I don't know. I think they, <laughs> we don't know. Well, it sounds like Amazon saying. is creating jobs here. Yeah, yeah totally. I'm just going to be devil's advocate today. <laughs> Good. Yes. We need that. We need, we need that. someone to challenge. Okay, I have one last article. Uh, the title is, Amazon wants to make Jeff Bezos its new king of bling. October 9th. Can you guess what news source this is from? <laughs> is that BuzzFeed? <laughs> BuzzFeed was mine. Stuff like that. Yeah. First um, guess, but... Nope, it's Amazon's very own Washington Post. (laughs) So I just think this is... So basically the article was like a press release announcing that they're starting a luxury line through Amazon selling $8,000 handbags and stuff like as though Amazon doesn't have enough market share. Like Amazon Um, brand or like uh, coach brand or... Yeah, yeah. It's just like other luxury items, but they have a, a new luxury platform for it. Wow, we but were just talking about this yesterday, weren't we, Natalie? Yeah, like, yeah we were. Because yeah. usually people assume, or they, you kind of have this impression of Amazon as for like household goods and cheap stuff or whatever, but they need more, they need to expand their clients. Where do rich people shop online? There's no place to. <laughs> so. Well, I go to, I go to uh, CocoChanel.com <laughs> and I go to YvesSaintLaurent.com. <laughs> And uh, uh, how's the their user uh, interface? Louis Vuitton.com. <laughs> <laughs> what I loved in particular, though, is about is how like this title was written. Okay, it's by a, a, a news source that's owned by Amazon. It says that Amazon wants to make Jeff Bezos this like poster child for luxury online shopping. It just seems like an in inception <laughs> or like recursive or something. Anyway, okay, well, that's it for news, so thanks. So, and the point of this podcast is it's anti-Amazon, or explicitly anti-Amazon, but it's not to say that people should be shamed or anything for using Amazon. I've used them this very year, bought some tools on there that I couldn't get at the local hardware store, so... I'm guilty, I'm guilty of that as well. Yeah. Like but I I'm think, glad you're, I'm glad you're bringing awareness because with all the crap going on in the world, I can't keep up with every all the stuff. And I'm glad this podcast exists because now you're inspiring me. Oh, well, that's what we want to do, and we're trying to inspire ourselves as well. Because he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. So anyone yeah. who has never used Amazon has every right to let him throw add, stones. I let guess. him. 
add to cart first. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted, so we'll talk about Prime Day. Um, I've never done Prime Day. As a person who loves Thanksgiving break, the thought of going to like Walmart at 4am on Black Friday always just made me sick. It always like irritated me so much. I don't like buying things in general. If it's something I think I really need, you know, it's it's much more tolerable. But just like shopping has never been an entertainment for me. So like I, I'm probably the wrong person to try and understand like shopping holidays like Black Friday or Prime Day. But uh, I found this uh, little article on PCMag.com to figure out more about Prime Day. And it's called, When is Prime Day 2020? Everything you need to know. And it has head- headers like, When is Amazon Prime Day 2020? When does Prime Day start? What is Prime Day? So after you know when it is, now you know what it is. And how do I shop on Prime Day? And then they have a little video teaching you how you can use Alexa to do like voice only Prime deals and stuff. And the whole thing like really like made me sad, like watching this video with this person who probably, I don't know, has a degree in journalism or something. Who who knows? Even if they have a degree in marketing, whatever, but they're like a tech journalist basically. And they're producing this like Amazon commercial. It it just seems so hollow and like pointless and stupid to me. (laughs) Right. Well, it's probably one of those things. Well, did you look up PC Mag? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sure Jeff Jeff Bezos probably owns it somehow, you know? He, he probably does. I saw they were affiliated with IGN and stuff. I didn't go much further, but you're probably right. They probably do. Or IGN probably is you know, Amazon. They, they have a, a PR person. And the whole PR thing, geez, that is... I mean, yeah. you want to get an article about... You're, you want to get fake, uh, you know, false advertising, just have a PR person make it into a news story. And then some lazy <laughs> journalist will be like, I don't know what to write about for PC Mag. Oh, here's... Let's take this press release. Here, here's here's something that's like already written for me that I could just kind of copy exactly. and paste and my job is done today. Exactly. So yeah. That's probably so, what that is. But if, if you go to the Amazon website homepage, they, they're showing pre... Prime Day deals and they're like 30% off like a TV or something. And uh, does that make you feel like, I don't know, I lived in New York to go to grad school and I lived near LA for a number of years. And I think it really is uh, when you see a lot of like concerts or like shows you want to go to, you feel left out if you don't go, right? Like the fear of missing out, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's been, I've hit the reset button on that because of the six months of, oh, yeah, of totally. pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah, I know what you're saying for sure. <laughs> and I wonder, I think they really exploit that feeling. Like if you don't buy this TV next, next Tuesday or whatever, what are you doing? Like you're going to get ripped off if you buy the TV any other time of the year. So like, anyway, I think they really exploit uh, our, our desire to just acquire things and, and to think that we're getting a good deal out of it. So like, mm-hmm. and I feel like it'd be really easy to just like rant about consumerism, like, like um, <laughs> Jello Biafra or something, or like we could like just play clips from like Paul Verhoeven movies from the 80s. I'd buy that for a dollar. I I found a couple quotes I wanted to just go over real quick, and then we can get into this Prime Day concert. Um, Wait, I want to ask, Doug, have you ever heard of, like, I'd never heard of Prime Day before this. Have you heard of it? Oh, good question. 
I may have gotten some kind of Amazon email or something like in the sure. past, but no, once I clicked on your the article you sent me, I didn't know that was a thing at all. And thank yeah. God, thank God I didn't have to like know about <laughs> <And> this. <laughs> my understanding it is really basic, but basically they're like during mid, you know, mid June or something is the slowest time of the month for or time of the year for people buying stuff because it's like opposite of Christmas. So they invented a fake holiday like Black Friday to make more sales. That's like impetus for this whole holiday, right? Right. I didn't know that, but I totally believe that. Okay, that was like some something indicated um, that the, that sales in general and especially on Amazon are lowest. Then, so that was my impression. But anyway, wow, yeah, interesting. Well, okay, so I was going to get <laughs> it's into the this definition. Yes, yeah, it's the definition of a consumer holiday. Gentlemen, I'm pleased to report strong holiday sales from the Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa spend phase, and things look good for the mom dad grad gift card. Uh, then we'll have the usual summer lull, but. Hey, we're making enough money, right? <laughs> I was going to get into this later, but uh, I think now's a good time. The decision that Amazon made to move Prime Day because of COVID, which COVID is still here, like it didn't go away. Like it wasn't like that much worse than June compared to now. But anyway, they moved it because of COVID. And a, a, an account called Amazon.DeliveryDrivers on Instagram, they shared a post that says Prime Day for injuries at work. And Ooh. so... Like they point out Prime Day, and this is their caption, Prime Day is a prime way to get hurt on the job. A recent report from the Center for Investigative Reporting showed that historically, injury rates have been highest during the week of Prime Day and throughout peak season. Not good news as we prepare for a 10-week marathon starting this year's rescheduled Prime Day and continuing through the end of peak season. So normally, uh, Amazon workers would get... You know, they'd do Prime Day in June, and then they'd get a long break, and then they'd gear up for Black Friday and Cyber Monday and just right. the holiday season. But now they're doing it all in one marathon, 10-week session. So... Gee. 10 yeah. weeks? Jeez. Yeah. And, like, I haven't read this report. I just saw this post. They they posted it 56 minutes ago. But, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's obvious that, uh, like, Prime... Or, or the the peak season would would lead to more injuries in warehouses as workloads increase, or they have more people on the floor, or whatever. But anyway, another reason to not shop on Prime Day. But so, by the way, that art, that article yeah. wrote one of your little rhymes. Yeah, Prime Day is a prime way. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got uh, what like five or six now. We're doing good. Mm-hmm. Publish this on Instagram and <laughs> make a real difference. Um, I got a couple quotes about consumerism. I'll go over real quick. I, so the first guy is Charles D. Hayes, who has a locked or like a restricted Twitter account. So you can't see if he's like a creep or not. I don't know anything about him. But uh, he says in something he wrote called Citizen versus Consumer, the perils of deflationary democracy. And he says, the customer is always right motto originated early in the 20th century. And although there is some controversy about who coined it, there's little doubt that it started us down the path toward expectations of political impotence. Worse, to be nothing more than a consumer is analogous to being a cancer cell, to being forever voracious of appetite, and to demonstrate one's success through continuous and often conspicuous consumption. To be viewed as successful, a consumer must devour, and leftover spoilage is a sign of power to spare. A consumer's response to go... Response to war is to go shopping, as we were recently urged 
to do by the President of the United States, which presumably this is written during W's time in office. But the sheer banality of a culture in which the populace is known primarily as consumers is one where persons are seen not as being ends in themselves, but rather as frivolous and superficial means to yet further and further superficial means. And I thought that was interesting, looking at uh, consumerism in the terms of citizenship and like how if all you care about is like the next thing you're going to buy, the things you're going to prioritize are things that are going to make it easier for you to buy more things. You're going to focus primarily on like lower taxes, you know, tax cuts for the wealthy, things that'll bump the stock market. If you even think about that, you might just be thinking, I want to buy a new TV and I don't care about anything else. So. Not to say people who buy things because we all need to eat and we all need to have clothes and we all need entertainment and like relaxation and stuff. But I I do think we need to think a lot more about what we uh, consume. Well, the problem is most people uh, just are trying to get by and they just want stuff. And Amazon happens to work incredibly well if you just want to click a button and it shows up, saves you time going to the store or searching it on another website and people and most people don't even know about you know how amazon ill effects and yeah yeah Yeah, ill effects of that that's why maybe there should be a movement about or some kind of holiday about like not getting stuff or (laughs) getting rid (laughs) of stuff or you know what i mean like yeah i mean i i think i've seen something like that buy nothing day is that isn't that a thing i've seen I've I've seen various versions of that. There was like um, some ki- people in Salt Lake were doing the really really free market on Black Friday, where you just go and bring stuff and give it away to people in the park. Yeah, <laughs> that's that. not national, but I think it's cute, and I'm sure there's lots of versions. of I that. I like that. I have plenty of good, cool stuff that I don't know what to do with. It's like too nice to just yeah. bring to the thrift store, yeah. but it's like I don't want to go through the hassle of trying to sell it on eBay or something. Mm-hmm. So I just sitting on it, just piling up in a closet. Have you ever <laughs> totally. used uh, Free Cycle before? Free Free Cycle? Yeah, it's like a Craigslist sort of, but everything's free, and I don't know if it's better than Craigslist or whatever. But I used it, or I tried to use it uh, in New York a little bit, and my brother got a bunch of furniture in LA. But uh, maybe that's an option. People who actually are. I don't know. Like the goal would be to get someone who needs this thing to to have it, right? Like you don't want to just give it to somebody who's just going to sell it on eBay or whatever. Right. And I do I bring know. stuff to the thrift store like on a weekly basis. Um, right. Yeah. But yeah, maybe like a trading thing. Yeah. You know, if Craig is doing stuff that he's selling, maybe a guy named Joe could do some kind of trading. Trader Joe's. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, like they should trade. Yeah, there should be a trade, a trading post. Like, I don't know if I had as much money as Jeff Bezos. Like, how much does he make a, a month? Like a billion dollars a month? He made thirteen billion dollars in one day earlier this year. Why but... doesn't he take one billion? Like he would be the hero of the world if he took one billion, which is a drop in bucket for him. Right. And said, yeah. hey, everyone who's an Amazon employee, you're going to, this is for you or or something like that. Like Totally. Or like, he just did something know. good with it instead of just like piling up. Like, what is he going to do with all this money? Right. I know. He's just, Wait, I've he's always just like, got to be a like, psychopath. 
who just can't get <laughs> at enough. At some point. Yeah. He's yeah. just a hoarder. He's like smog. Like a, yeah. At what point is Jeff Bezos like, yep, that's enough money. I can stop. No, that's why. That's how people like that get. That's the catch 22. Exactly. That's the yeah, catch 22 no of this whole point. thing because you don't get to be a Jeff Bezos unless you just crave more and more and more. And then that's your hobby is just accumulating more and more money and just <laughs> watching that number grow. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's no ceiling on that. Interestingly, his net worth actually went down $1 billion since yesterday. We, we have a little section where we chart his net worth. So, and I was trying to think of like, what could you do with a billion dollars? Well, my yeah, thoughts and prayers are with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard, uh, this is an aside, but so, uh, I don't know, some, some podcast or thing I was listening to, a guy was talking about how he was assigned to work out like severance deals for like, CEOs who were shown to have behaved poorly during the financial crisis. Like right. nobody got punished, obviously, but like he was there to say like, well, you can only have this bonus and then you're, you're out of here. Like really. And the people he'd go and talk to, despite being, they should be in prison. Instead, they were getting like, like a severance package and they were sobbing saying like, oh, like this is my whole identity is this making a lot of money and I've worked so hard to get to this point and if I can't keep making money like what has it all been for you know and it's like it didn't make me feel bad for them but it gave me some perspective and how these people think you know like they don't think like we do I think <laughs> maybe that's no, dangerous sick, to like dehumanize people. them but yeah they, they need to go commit suicide <laughs> <laughs> They need help. They need to go to a counselor, but they don't think they need help. They just think yeah. they need more money because filling some kind of right. Well, if being constantly soul. like in poverty absolutely changes the way you think, like you're constantly like struggling to get more or to like feed yourself and stuff, that's gonna affect your your mental health. Like that obviously does. I think the same thing or a similar thing happens when you're incredibly wealthy and yeah. like it affects your mental health. I think. But. Well, I I really wonder about that. Like, I recently learned about hoarders that there's actually something in um, different about a hoarder's brain chemistry that their attachment, like they measured, um, you know, so-called hoarders or people with that tendency, and they gave them a keychain at an uh, and while they were measuring their brain waves, and noticed that they immediately made an attachment as though they had had that keychain for their like 40 years and we're really emotionally attached to it Ugh. as compared to somebody who's not a hoarder. And I wonder if there is something clinical or measurable in the brains of people that need to have the same type of wealth accumulation that's never end and will never be satiated. If Jeff Bezos was a hoarder, how would you know? <laughs> like if sure. he was or wasn't. Well, he is a hoarder of, of yeah. money and assets and like it's indistinguishable. Different- yeah. Yeah, I guess it's just, yeah, different. Yeah, he's a hoarder. <laughs> Forgetting the word. He's a hoarder. <laughs> so with this uh, talk about not examining your purchases and just acquiring more and more stuff, let's talk about Prime Day and the Prime Day concert that I think last year was the first Prime Day concert. It didn't look like they were doing one this year. Did you read the... Doug, you said that the guy who wrote this Fast Company article wrote a feature <laughs> on you, right? <laughs> He yeah, he wrote dude? a picture about me. Joe Berkowitz on, wrote an article about me on Fast Company. That's awesome. <laughs> so 
you got a connection here. <laughs> I thought it was a pretty funny article. Yeah, he's got the good taste great, and he knows. But... Yeah, he has good taste because he, he was he's pretty much making fun of how bad this is, this show. Right. <laughs> let, let, me, uh, let me just read the title here real quick. So it's a Fast Company article from July 11th, 2019. It's called, I watched Amazon's Prime Day concert and it made me want to shop for a new planet. So, um, I actually, I was looking online for this entire concert. I was going to try to watch the whole thing and I couldn't find the whole thing. Like all the bad sketches and stuff that he describes in the article. But I did watch the beginning and the end of the Taylor Swift concert. And then I watched a few minutes of the SZA section and, and that's it. But uh, did you, I'm sure none of us remember when this actually happened, right? Like, yeah, I didn't know about concert? this no. until I read the article. In, in the article, he says, uh, I'll read this here. Considering that the hashtag, uh, hashtag Prime Day concert was pushed down Twitter's trending topics by Wednesday night's SBs and that whole unfortunate bagel boss incident, one wonders how many people live streamed the event. And he says, worry not, though, because I watched all 166 minutes to see whether it would have infect me with a terminal case of Prime Day fever. It did not. But do you remember Bagel Boss? Remember when that happened? No, yeah, what is I that? Yeah, I remember Bagel Boss. Oh. Was Bagel Boss like, he was never on office hours, was he? No. Okay. I, I kind of feel bad for Bagel Boss. I mean, I don't really yeah. know. I don't know yeah. his whole story. Maybe He probably is a, a dipstick, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, I didn't get it too into it's it. It's like an angry like, guy going raging at a really people. small angry guy like smaller than me oh, like oh like having a public freak out about bagels or something well he was he's like a short guy which i'm a short guy so i i go, look i'm kind of like on team bagel boss a little bit right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, apparently it didn't make that big of a, a splash um the article does point out that like at the very beginning of the concert joe berkowitz sees that uh that six people had already rated Prime Day Concert five stars on Amazon. So people get really into like rating and reviewing these things. But uh, um, wow, yeah, those were real people, not bots at, at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like, I don't know, the host of the Prime Day Concert was Jane Lynch, who I think is very funny on uh, uh, what's it called? Shoot. Parks and called? Regulations. <laughs> Or the, or the office. One of those. Oh, was, no, Glee. It was uh, Party Down. That's it. Jane Lynch is really funny on Party Down. Party um, Down, I love that show. But wasn't she also on so one of those good. other shows like Glee or something? She was on Glee, yeah. And she was in a bunch of Christopher Guest movies. I don't know if she's in any of the like better ones. Like I can't remember. But anyway, like she's the host and they, Joe Berkowitz points out that she screams uh, Happy Prime Day at least 25 times throughout the concert. And at the end of the, uh, they have this running joke throughout the concert where they're like talking to Alexa to like produce the show. Jane Lynch says, Alexa, spotlight me. And uh, spotlight appears on Jane Lynch. And uh, like at the very end on the Taylor Swift concert, she says, Alexa, roll credits. So it's all this like hacky. What, what kind of what I want, I'm wondering is why do I hate this so much? Why does it suck so much? Like, is it like, I don't have a problem with any of the musicians 
who participated, like they're fi- fine, whatever. Like it sounds like it, SZA just, is that the one that she was? She just kind of like she never mentioned. Right. She never mentioned well, Amazon or Prime Day or anything. And it seemed like she intentionally was like, I'm not going to be a shill for this crap. I'm going to exactly. perform. And then like at the end, she just simply walked off stage. Well, so at the end, they all come out like, I guess, Dua Lipa and uh, the other musicians. They all join Taylor Swift on the stage at the end. And uh, SZA is not there. At the yeah, end. she's so like, she just I left. performed. I'm gone. I love that. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's great. Like she got the money and she, and she left. I was curious again, like why, why is this so lame? But also how did they get, like, how did Prime Day attract Taylor Swift? This is like, imagine somebody doing that for like Walmart grand opening or like, or like look at Costco on baskets. Like, I don't know if you've seen that show, Natalie, but like, it's like kind of, a joke, like a lame place to work almost. Right. Why, why is Amazon hip, you know? <laughs> well, it, they have, that just shows how much money they have. They're able, yeah. I'm sure Jane Lynch got it, a lot of money Yeah. in order to be like, yeah. I'm going to host this just commercial, you know, <laughs> and yeah. say all this hacky, all these hacky jokes. You know, and be super excited for like over two hours. Like, I don't much how much screen time Jane Lynch had, but yeah, a two-hour show where you're yelling about Prime Day and yelling Happy Prime Day and stuff. It just seems like excruciating. But. Yeah, and whoever I'm sure whoever they hired, you know, they probably hired some like company, unless Amazon owns their own ad agency, which they probably they do. probably do. Oh sure. Well, yeah. whoever was in charge, you know, I've worked on commercial jobs and stuff and those type of people who was like they're so like the bar is so low for jokes they're like oh that is so funny wow that is <laughs> like i do one little edit joke and they're like that is so funny it's the funniest thing i've ever seen and i'm like that is so lame actually yeah. i'm just like trying to give you something that just completely is not uh just so trite you know right yeah yeah so the bar is low within these people's minds. And then they're also like, their mind is like, we have to sell. We have to just mention Amazon and Prime the whole time. Whereas if they were cool and they really wanted to like do something that would make noise or they would, you know, do get like Ricky Gervais or someone who's going to like make fun of it in a way. And then somehow that's kind of like this reverse psychology where it's like, well, they're cool because they are like, they don't, give a shit and they you know <laughs> yeah they can make fun of themselves they just, a little. yeah but they just do the most dumb like lowest common denominator kind of broad yeah it seems it's, like I guess... you know taylor swift who do we get who's the biggest superstar taylor swift <laughs> okay get her yeah. whatever it takes maybe that's that billion right. dollars maybe bezos lost a billion because they're doing prime day and they wanted to get oh, kanye yeah. or something <laughs> you know yeah yeah um, how like if y'all, if, okay, so Doug, if he invited you to come be the host of a Prime Day concert, what would, what would your price be? <laughs> a well, billion? Well, first of all, that would never happen, but <laughs> I would do it and I would do it like I would make sure that I get paid a lot, just like as much as possible. And mm-hmm. I would also make it so that I'm not going to say any, I would try to do like the SZA thing. Really yeah. like, take the money sure. and get out of there and do my, yeah. and then, you know, it's free advertising for me. People get to see my act 
and then yeah, sure. and then uh, I get paid, and I'll take I'll take some some dirty money from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm at the point of you know I'm, my bank account is at the point where I will I will I will do that. But if I was in Jane Lynch's shoes, I mean, yeah, sure. And, and then you have to be a complete sellout. And <laughs> I don't know if I could ever. Well, first of all, I'm not. I'm just not that kind of person. I'm more of like a behind the scenes. But yeah. I don't know. Right, I, not, I just yeah, don't yeah, understand sure. why why certain people do ads and stuff. I mean, I guess they just like an easy. Like I saw Jeff Goldblum on some dumb commercial last night. He's like the yeah, spokesman for some kind of like Airbnb kind of thing, and it's like, yeah, do you? But you why? know, if the I price guess is they, right. they just want to be do. I guess I understand you want to work. Maybe Jane Lynch isn't working. It's like, oh, here's a gig. If it's just sure. a gig, like I kind of understand that point of view, where it's like, okay, you're gonna be a shill for Amazon, but I would be like, I need to control the writing here. I need to, yeah, you know. I don't know. There would be, I, I just, I wouldn't be like, whatever the, the pay is, okay. And whatever the lines are, you write it and I'll just read it <laughs> off. Like, I would yeah. not feel comfortable with that. I would lose sleep and I would have like panic attacks or something. Like, I, <laughs> I can't be a cornball to that extent. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I don't know. It's easy for me as, as someone who is not an entertainer to think like, well, look at, look at Jane Lynch, like pretty successful career and like, in comedy and uh i think probably a lot of people uh enjoy her work and stuff and this like it seems to undermine that like that uh credibility i guess it's like uh iggy pop selling like car insurance or something or like right. it just seems yeah um and, and you know it's so easy to make that like uh like criticism but or, at like the same when, time like when robert de niro yeah. you know he did like so many corny movies like in the yeah in the last 10 15 20 years people are like right the guy that did raging bull is doing this other crap but it's also like well he probably just wants to work and he can't there's not a scorsese masterpiece every year that he can be in <laughs> you know there's he, he just <laughs> yeah. wants to, otherwise you're sitting around like i want to be act he just wants to be working and i understand yeah that i guess you know I don't think this would be fun. Like Jane Lynch's job, it looks like hell. But like, <laughs> if you could be in like an Adam Sandler movie, like a bad Adam Sandler movie, and just like hang out with those guys in Costa Rica or something, like probably be pretty fun and you'd get a lot of money out of it. So I don't know. Yeah, I would do that. I mean, those are... Yeah. Those, those are... He's funny. He's done so yeah, many like funny him. stuff. It's it's a different thing with him, I think. It, but sure. yeah, yeah, it certainly yeah. isn't like a public thing. embarrassment and like right. being a rep for Amazon. Yeah. Well, speaking of yeah, like people who it, it seems like they sell their credibility. I I I was looking up like if Amazon has this concert, did Kmart ever do a concert? And the first thing that came up <laughs> was this uh, article on City Pages that says, Jesus fucking Christ, what was this maskless concert at Kmart? Right. Uh, it turned out it was like some uh, Christian rock band doing like an anti-COVID or anti-mask like concert in an abandoned Kmart parking lot. So that didn't really count. But um, <laughs> Walmart. That's the closest Kmart <laughs> comes to <laughs> I'm sure they had Jesus. like grand openings and stuff, but like Walmart yeah, apparently yeah. had a running series called Walmart Soundcheck. <laughs> and I want to read this press release to you. <laughs> it started in 2006. 
It said Walmart Soundcheck allows our customers to take their music experience at Walmart to a whole new level, both in store and online, with original performances from some of their favorite artists. This unprecedented multi channel music offering is yet another opportunity to further deepen our relationship with customers and provide an intimate setting for them to see and hear top musicians. Performances on Walmart Soundcheck are co-sponsored through a media partnership with Gillette Fusion <laughs> Razors. Oh, God. Uh, and then it says, uh, with Yellow Card's platinum-selling smash Ocean Avenue and Switchfoot's dynamic new release Nothing Is Sound album, both resonating strongly among our customers, these are our ideal bands to launch Walmart Soundcheck. I think Walmart, what Walmart should do is instead of have have and an target and any every store instead of have have uh licensing muzak or right. playing uh pandora just have live music all day just yeah ha- hire some local musician to just play cover songs of phil collins you know? sort of whatever <laughs> right. you know? that's actually well whatever we won't get into it's it. a great idea is that what you're gonna say uh, yeah well i mean that type of thing like does actually i think command respect from the from the people that are shopping there cuz they're like oh you're like employing this artist and i get to enjoy this live thing i think everyone likes the idea of supporting local art you know what well, I it should mean? be like yeah. shopping background shopping music not like a concert where you're going to go see switchfoot whatever the hell that is <laughs> <Don't> switchfoot <laughs> yeah <laughs> you have totally. to go back to 2006 and remember and it's, I think also then. that idea, Doug, doesn't put on any pretenses like, we're cool, we're making this like cool concert. It's just like, we're sort of employing artists to enhance your experience and it's not like hokey and advertise It's Right. But it's it's like actually sustaining an, an artist's career who's alive, you know? Yeah, and they could like put the artist's name when you enter and it's like, yeah, hey. on a chalkboard. So they, yeah. just then, then you're like, oh, well, they are doing something cool. This isn't just another advertisement to some yeah. crap. This is like they're actually taking a tiny sliver of their profits. And also Walmart. Jeez, that's another. Yeah, no. Oh, it, yeah. So Bezos is richer than the wall, the Walmart family, whatever they're called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At this point. Yeah. Yes, yes, he's the richest he man is. in the whole entire world. Let me see. The Waltons are, they have but one third of uh, Jeff Bezos's wealth. But if they added it all together, it would be about the same as Jeff Bezos's wealth. So, Well, that's another sick, oh, so sick the company family. where they don't, they don't let the, they treat the employers like, employees like crap, right? They don't let them yeah, rise they do and they, they pay them as absolute little as possible. Right. So on and so forth. Yeah, they're just as bad as Amazon in many, many ways. Which one's yeah. good though? Is Costco? Is that one okay? Um, uh, I don't know enough, but I shop there sometimes. I think I heard. I think <laughs> I, I like heard Winco. that they are actually kind of good. Kind of okay. They're like, um, they're better for. The I know employees. their employees are paid well generally. Yeah, from like a worker standpoint, Costco seems all right. You can take it from us that. Costco. <laughs> We're the authorities. Right, well, we just need some multi-billion co- corporations. Oh, absolutely. I like Winco too. They just do groceries, but I love Winco. The the artist, the the music, or sorry, the musicians playing in the grocery stores reminds me of a local chain in Utah called Harmons, which is like my personal favorite retail shopping experience. <laughs> but one thing that I admire, that I mean, they donate money to the Mormon Church and whatever. They're bad in some ways, I'm sure. 
but they do imp- have each location has an in-house artist that's paid, you know, like a normal whatever you get 40 hours a week or whatever to make their handmade sign. So when you go to the fruit section, there's like a sign for oranges and it's hand painted by this live in artist. And I think that's kind of cool. And every store has like different style of art because there's a different artist there that they employ. They also have like community cooking classes and stuff. Yeah. So that's cool. Anyway, that's cool. That's a step in the right direction. Yeah. 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 Um, We should probably finish up, uh, like move on just so we're not taking too much time. But uh, I wanted to read a quick review of the Taylor Swift section of the Amazon Prime Day concert. It's by a YouTube user named XO underscore Amber underscore 133. Their review is this. No auto-tune, no twerking, no lip sync, no bad words, no nudity, no backup track, no synthesizers, no fake and stupid people, no drugs and alcohol. Just talent and two crowns. God, what a boring party. <laughs> she like, I, I bet this person is like 12 years old. Sure. But my mom let me go. I remember growing up pretty conservatively. I don't think I ever would have written a YouTube comment like that, but I think that would have, when I was like 11 years old, I think I would have, oh, that's really nice. Ah, this is the <laughs> kind of concert I, I can appreciate. <laughs> Also, they they point out synthesizers as one of these, like, (laughs) ills. That's hilarious. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm pretty sure she had a backup track. I'm just, I don't think they're an authority on this. But so, uh, any other thoughts about Prime Day Concert before we move on to other stuff? Um, I have, uh, yeah, there's something interesting in the first paragraph here where it says, fun fact, Bruce Valanche had to clone himself several times over to staff the writer's room. <laughs> so I don't know what that, that it's. And then it says it's the most expensive writer's room in history. <laughs> but what does that mean? The- How did he clone himself? <laughs> well, <laughs> the uh, wasn't he like a big part of the Star Wars holiday special or something like as like a re- like a vaudeville type? I don't know. I think that's what they're getting at, saying that all the jokes suck. But like, what is he? Yeah, I really would like to get clarification on that. And then also, email if it's true that him. that's the most expensive writers' room in history, that's amazing. And I want to know who's in that. I bet I know someone in that writers' room. I would love to be in that writers' room and. <laughs> So is it so expensive because Amazon has to pay people a lot of money to get them to, or like why would it be so expensive? Well, they, they probably got they probably tried to get you know like, at, you know they got Taylor Swift so they probably tried to get the most well known writers or best quote unquote writers which are like Bruce Valanche type people who have been around forever <laughs> who can say who can have who have the highest rates. You know, who they, got, they talk to their agent. They're like, you want to write for this Amazon concert? And the agent's like, ooh, dollar signs here. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna run up the bill sure. for this room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's, yeah. that's fascinating. That was the most expensive writer's room. <laughs> Should email Joe and ask him what, I what, might, his, what I his, might. his source was on that. <laughs> so, um... Every episode, we talk about Jeff Bezos's net worth, which, as of October eighth, is one hundred and eighty-eight billion. Like we said earlier, down by one billion from yesterday. So the recommended serving size of Cheetos is twenty-one pieces. If each dollar in Jeff's net worth was equivalent to one Cheeto, 
he would own 8,952,400 servings of Cheetos. Oh, wow. To visualize this even further, yeah. that's not enough. At 28 grams, um, there are 16 servings of Cheetos per pound. Or it's 28 grams per serving. There's 16 servings of Cheetos per pound, which is equal to 560 million pounds of Cheetos. Wow. If we convert that weight using the poundage of our beloved Andre the Giant, famous actor, wrestler, and stuntman, weighing in at 520 pounds, Jeff Bezos' would own the weight equivalent of 1,076,000 Andre the Giants in Cheetos. Imagine that. If we made over 1 million Cheeto statues of Andre the Giant, accurate by weight, but not by height, because they would likely be taller than 7 feet, 4 inches, since Cheetos weigh so little. There's a Trump joke here. (laughs) (laughs) Make it. (laughs) I'm not good at math. That's too much math. (laughs) Does it help you visualize (laughs) Bezos' net worth? How many Trumps is 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 Bezos worth? That's the question. Oh yeah. If Trump is the big, we should get into that. Yeah. Yeah. What's Trump worth? You know, several. Well, Trump apparently is in debt, right? He's not truly a. The billionaire he claims he is. Yeah. We're not really sure yeah. about that. That's up for... Presumably, yeah. Something like... He owes millions. What, 400 million in debt. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So how many negative... How many negative how Trumps many is bailouts, How many bailouts could Jeff Bezos afford? <laughs> like how many <laughs> failed business ventures oh my God. of Trumps could Jeff Bezos uh, Oh, he might support? not be that wealthy, guys. Come on. Right. <laughs> Oh, that was fascinating, Natalie. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah, and I guess our last section is reviews. Yeah, so we play a review game. Um, it can be a different review game every time. But uh, today I asked you, Doug, what uh, some of your favorite movies were, or just five movies that you like. And so uh, I'm going to do a few where I'm going to read a review and and you try and guess which movie of your list this review is referring to. And of course, they're Amazon reviews because it's an Amazon podcast. But Okay, well, I only gave um, you five movies, so I feel like I'm going to nail this. For those of you playing at home, Doug's list was UHF, The Blues Brothers, 2001 Space Odyssey, Mulholland Drive, and Better Off Dead. I think it'll be pretty easy. Natalie's got a little bit different game <laughs> here in a bit, but uh, okay. we'll, we'll see how... I'm not expecting this to be a real uh, challenge. So, uh, first, by a reviewer named Kenneth, this is a three-star review, which you find pretty interesting ones when you get into two, th- two and three stars. Because you got to go like, with the low reviews, because, the low stars, because <laughs> these are all five-star movies. Uh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I, I love the movies on your list. I love they're, when people hate something that you like and you just cannot believe <laughs> it. You just cannot believe it. I've spent many, many hours on review sites reading bad reviews for movies I love. And uh, Hereditary (laughs) is a great uh, movie to read bad reviews on. Don't torture yourself. (laughs) But uh, here's this one. Three stars. Although this was a hoot in the late 80s when I first saw it, it doesn't quite live up to the way I remember it after viewing it again all these years later. Still, it's not all bad. With David Bowie in it, 
it can still be fun to watch. Add to your collection for the nostalgia benefit if you remember that period. Have a party and put it in the player. Everyone will have a laugh. <laughs> wow. Um, well, only one of the films is from the late 80s, I believe. And I don't yeah. think any of them have David Bowie in it, which is, <laughs> that's the real curveball you threw at me here. I got you. Uh, yeah. You got me. Um, ah, geez. Uh, man, maybe this is a good game because I'm going to say, because, okay, so the list was Blues Brothers, mm-hmm. Better Off Dead, and UHF. It could have been one of those three because those are the ones that are a hoot. Yeah. So yeah. let's say, because Weird Al, did he do a David Bowie parody in UHF? Hmm. All right, let's just say Better Off Dead. I'm sorry. It was oh, no. UHF. <laughs> oh, so I, I should, looked it up. I, I should have said UHF. I was thinking UHF. <laughs> yeah. And when did that come out? I think that came out. It was not late. Yeah, was, I don't know. It was 89 like, or 90. It no, was like, no way. Was it earlier? It was 80. It came out. It had to have come out like right after that. You're right. It's 89. Damn. For real. Wow. For, for some reason, I thought okay. that was like 85, 86. Yeah, well, it looks a lot older because it's so well, cheap. I blew it. I thought I still love that movie, but I blew it. So David Bowie is not in UHF, as you might remember. Right. You might have remembered if he was. <laughs> I his friend in the movie is a guy named David Bow B O W E. So, but this review definitely says that David Bowie is in it. <laughs> I also cut out a a clause where they talk about Victoria Jackson. Where they say Victoria Jackson before she went all crazy on religion and and many others in cameo roles. So I had to cut out a little bit because I think that should be a giveaway. But yeah, David Bow, who I, I screwed think was up. Pretty man, much I, in. I blew it, man. Uh, we, we can we can record it again. Just saying. <laughs> oh, I guess the right uh, one. No, no, yeah, no. I, I'm fine. You know, I want to. <laughs> Uh, I liked this review, though. It was really nice. It's a three-star review, but it was titled Weird as Usual Al with an exclamation point. And it says, I somehow missed <laughs> I somehow missed the fact that it had Weird Al in it. The first scene corrected that mistake. It was a nice movie. Plenty of Weird Al moments. I'm not sorry I watched it. So that was kind of a feel-good review there. Here's one that uh, is a little vague, but uh, I think... There's some funny points in the interview in the review. It's titled, oh, it's a five-star review. I did do go high here. And it says, in the last 39 years, dot, dot, dot. I know I've watched this movie at least 20 times. It is still as fresh to me as the first time. Hell yes, it is. In my many years of life, without exaggeration, I've seen 30 to 35,000 movies. That said, blank is ensconced firmly in my all-time top 20. If you haven't seen it, give it a go. This is part of cinematic history and a treat not soon forgotten. 15 stars with a cherry on top. <laughs> well, okay, there's not a lot of clues here as to what it no, is. It's, he's just yeah, saying it's, he saw it a lot and it's part of cinematic history. I would probably go with you. Uh, I'm sorry, 2001. <laughs> Ooh, this is uh, Blues Brothers. Ooh, well, uh, yeah. you could say this about any of those choices. Exactly. This is this is kind <laughs> of lame here because this is such a. It's a man who's seen thirty-five thousand movies, which 
<laughs> I remember you talked to uh, Leonard Maltin on Poundcast, and he didn't even know how many movies he'd seen. And this guy, this Joker, thinks he's <laughs> thinks he knows how many movies he's seen. But okay, why, I got to read no. one more for why? Why count? All right, I yeah, got to exactly. get one of these right. I'm gonna at least get the last one right. Okay, <laughs> this one you might be able to get <laughs> uh, by someone named Mary. One star. So boring. Maybe a 16-year-old male who had never had sex and was mildly drunk or stoned would genuinely like this movie. Everyone else is just pretending. Oh, and Greg Gutfield might like it. Damn. Well, who's Greg Gutfield? I have no idea. <laughs> Let's look him up. Wait, a teenage boy who's never had sex might like it. These are, Well, okay, this game really got me because I might get this one wrong too. Um... Greg Gutfield is a producer on the Fox News channel. Mulholland Drive? Oh, good guess. Dude, come but on. But it's 2001. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was obviously one of those two because both of those yeah. can be called boring. No. Wait, yeah. what does that have to do with anything? Well, Being a if you've never, never had sex, sex Mulholland then... Drive is... I, I, I mean, there's some sexy stuff in Mulholland Drive, so I thought maybe never had sex yeah. is like you're kind of extra it would be more or something i don't know but that's the funny thing about amazon reviews is they're often not <laughs> helpful they're not on any they don't make good points they're just that there's so many good things about amazon i like reviews, on amazon opinion, um but. where it's like somebody who wants to buy it asks a question like will this fit <laughs> in a <laughs> you know will this fit in a in a toyota car and someone would be like i don't know i have a honda <laughs> it's like why would you even bother to write that i don't know there's so many of those I, i'm not sure yeah. but it works for this other thing that you you know has nothing to do with your question people are just stupid <laughs> yeah i mean people just want to connect they want to it's like oh i know i know right they just want to say help. something but yeah it's not necessary so my part of the game's over. I did want to read a real quick thing about Blues Brothers by a guy named Proud Daddy. And he says, and it's a five star. It says, an all-time classic that should be watched every few years or so. Not only is the movie extremely funny, but it sends a good message that even the small-time lawbreakers, Jake and Elwood Blues, can do good in the world. So um, think about that. that even, I mean, even I, if I agree. It's a masterpiece. It's a cinematic I mean, masterpiece. <laughs> it's a musical. It's a comedy. And it's an action film with like the best car chases of some probably the best stunts. car chases of, yeah. of all time. Yeah. And it's like absurd and um, kind of heartwarming. Yeah. It's just a great movie. It's got everything. You had a great list. I really enjoy these. Also, this proud daddy, he signed the review uh, with P.D. at the very end. So, Can you, um, um, do you have a Mulholland Drive review? I would just like to, did you pull uh, it? Natalie. Yeah, I, I covered some. My game is that you have to guess which review is fake. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, do you want to start with Mulholland Drive or I also did Better Off Dead? It uh, doesn't matter. Okay. Um, how many do you, are you going to give me, how many options do I get? Uh, I'm gonna give you two. Oh, Just I have to whatever. win one. You'll be able to tell. I, 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 You'll be able I'm to win this. Betting game. zero for <laughs> four so far, so I have to get something. Got to redeem myself. So this one is a nine out of ten uh, review, and it's entitled "Lynch Masterpiece." 
Oh my gosh, I don't know from where to start. I think I completely understand it though. David Lynch doesn't even understand this film as well as I do. I had the misfortune of really, in all caps, having to go to the bathroom about halfway through the movie, but I couldn't take my eyes off it. This was when I realized I really understood. Just about everything in this movie uh, contributes to the sick discomfort that refuses to let go until finally the audience is allowed to comprehend the illusion when the credits roll. Okay, review number two is, I think it's like, I think it was a 10 out of 10, and it's uh, entitled Hollywood dot dot dot, stripped dot dot dot, bare. Mulholland Drive does not, in all caps, is not complex. If you don't get it the first time, watch it again. It's really a rather simple story. The thing I really liked about this work was the odd little sketches. The one with the cowboy, like a Monty Python sketch. And the one about trying to get the perfect coffee, brilliant. The theater where the miming goes on is sensational. Mr. Lynch is misunderstood. There's a great number of people who believe he makes intellectual films. That's nonsense. He makes different films. But all directors make different films. I hear you say. Yes, but Mr. Lynch is more different than the others. <laughs> this is one of his best. Its teasing way of attempting to disorganize your mind is uh, validated when you say, Oh, I get it. Naughty Mr. Lynch. He is such a mischievous man. Very good movie. Okay, well, first of all, you're really good at this because <laughs> there's a show there's a show on NPR called Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me where they do like two three oh, yeah. fake stories and one real news story. And it's like so obvious, at least. <laughs> the fake ones are like so written. But I think yeah. you did a pretty mm -hmm. good job here. Well, I'm gonna is the is the game which one's real? Yeah, which one's real, which one's fake, whatever. Okay, I'm going to say the second one is real because you kind of giggled at it. And <laughs> if you were laughing Shit. at your own jokes, then then you're really, really good. <laughs> really good at acting. Really good. No, you got it. Oh, you got nice. It. Okay, but the first one. The first one was really good, too. I mean, I could see that. That might have even happened. Like, I saw it in the theater, and I, I that might have even happened to me where I was just like, I gotta keep, I'm just... I gotta keep watching. I can't. Yeah. Can't break the trance I'm in right here. Yeah. Well, I'll reveal some methods after we do the better off dead one. <laughs> so, here are two choices. We've got a um, two out of ten. Better off without it. If you're a not too bright upper middle class ten or eleven year old kid, you'll probably love this movie and laugh until you wet yourself. But if you hate trivial movies that contain silly chase scenes, lame car tricks crashes, idiotic daydreams, and unbelievable situations that directors seem to think are ever so wacky, you'll want to avoid this movie. If you like wacky movies, but don't want to insult your intelligence, try Weird Science. Lots of crazy stuff happens in that movie, but it's a thousand times more believable because of the premise. <laughs> okay, wow. and then here's the second review, 10 out of 10, titled Classic 80 movie, 80s Movie Must Buy. This is a must-have in your DVD collection. Some love it. Some say, okay. Some don't laugh at all. I say, you must have the DVD. I've owned this movie on VHS and now DVD and have a steady stream of eBay listings I'm bidding on currently to get more. This is one of those movies you, uh, one of those movies where you are with your friends 20 years later and you go, did you buy that DVD? 
If you find yourself easily amused, you can see the humor in the way life hands you an extra DVD or VHS of this film, then you must see the classic movie that made me buy the DVD. <laughs> Jeez. Well, another, another great two things to choose from. And I think I know your method. I think you took a, a review from another movie <laughs> and replaced it with this one. Um, no. For the fake one. Are you saying you wrote that from scratch? Whatever the which one's fake? Well, guess first. Okay. <laughs> well, I kind of want to hear the first one again, but I won't because you say there's car chases. If you hate trivial movies that contain silly chase scenes, lame car crashes, idiotic, day- idiotic daydreams, and unbelievable situations, da da da. Um, I'm gonna say that's the real one. Yeah. Nice. Two for two. <laughs> okay, my method for the for the Mulholland Drive was I like compiled uh, sentences from various other reviews to make one It was review. remarkably coherent. Like, you wait. told me that before, <laughs> and I was wondering how, you know, like, it, it seemed to have a nice... Uh... Wait, were the reviews from Mulholland Drive or from other films? Yes, from Mulholland Drive. Oh, well, then, and then, then I kind of was right, if no matter which yeah. one I picked. Well... <laughs> Oh, yes, You know exactly. what I mean? They're from that <laughs> but movie. But you were fully They're right. They're from that movie? You were fully right. Um, and then the classic 80s movies mu- was like, classic 80s movies must buy. I kind of, re- they talked about the DVD, like buying the DVD many times, but I just added, I just replaced some of their words to say bought DVD instead of like laughed with friends or whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the trick there. But that was, a, that was good because I could imagine somebody just leaving that dumb comment review about like the, yeah. just just obsessed about the dvd or something it's like what <laughs> they, that's what inspired it because really th- their review mostly was them being obsessed with the dvd and i just kind of hammed it up that's amazing so when i see reviews like that doug like you you do like you do editing like sound engineering type stuff right like would you consider yourself like that a part of your profession like the technical side of entertainment i guess um it's the creative side, but there, you know, you. I'm using. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, in a way, I mean. Uh, so. Yeah. I, I guess I'm just curious. Like, it seems like people who really get excited about like different types of uh, sound encoding and stuff, like in Amazon reviews, where they talk about how this this uh, Shout Factory re- release doesn't have like they just turned it into 4K from the from the. HD and it's not really a remastering that sort like they get really into like these weird details that I don't right I don't care about <laughs> like they don't seem that important to me but it's yeah. stuff I don't notice most of the time I don't think I'd ever notice what I mean kind I would notice uh, if it was like something really old and it's like wow they're it's cool that they're making this now in HD because it's something you know really old that like now looks kind of like it could have been shot yesterday or something in those cases yeah. some, that's like rare but sure i don't know it's just yeah the the technical nitty-gritty stuff that that people will give like a fantastic movie like two stars over because they don't like the surround sound encoding then it's just funny. right so. right i don't like surround sound if okay yeah I, i'm always like I've seen movies at friends' houses and they have those like 5.1 little speakers all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, it's like distracting. It's like, what was that behind me? That little rustle? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, give me two speakers, <laughs> put them in front, 
throw down a subwoofer if you want. That's fine. I don't need to have like, yeah. I don't need to feel, yeah, it's just, it's just too much. I don't need all that. In Russia, I lived there for a, like a year and they've got these little like 5D movie theaters everywhere where they like spray you with water. Oh, wow. So, what? Really? They're oh, like wow. everywhere? Um, they're pretty popular. Like, uh, I, I think you'd see them as frequently as you'd see like, like a normal theater here and they have normal theaters there, but I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> wow. Man, uh, thanks for doing this, Doug. Um, we should probably close out. But uh, yeah, do you have anything you want to you wanna plug? Oh, well, thanks for having me. This was really fun. And um, I like the games. And <laughs> thanks. Fun show. <laughs> cool. What do I want to plug? Well, I do a podcast every Thursday called Office Hours with Tim Heidecker. That's live on YouTube, but yet they're all... Um, archived on youtube and any podcast app you can hear that and i do the pound Ooh, my alarm went off and then i also do Uh-oh. i also do the pound cast which natalie was on yeah and that's on that wherever fun. you find uh quality podcasts and i you know follow me on social media at doug pound with two g's that's about it i'm a big fan of both podcasts i think brent is hilarious like, oh thank you he's so funny and and you are too I like, I like, yeah both shows are great i like your stuff a lot but and that's why we wanted you to be on the show. Yeah, well, I'm Chris Perkins. Um, I have a, a YouTube channel, Serial Flakes, um, and it's just video edits I do and stuff like that. Um, this show, Primeval, we have a Patreon, um, brand new. So uh, it's a slash prime underscore evil. Well, I'm Natalie Alsop Edwards, and you can find me on Instagram at Natalie underscore C-A-E. Um, each week, I like to list a couple subsidiaries of Amazon and other or and or companies that Jeff Bezos owns, just to give people like a an idea of the scope of what this how huge this company is. So this week, I have like five that are slightly oh it's four that are slightly lesser known companies that they own. One is called Soak S O Q U S O U Q, which is the biggest e commerce platform in the Middle East, owned by Amazon. They also have a robotics company, a uh, shipping carrier company called Amazon Maritime, which manages its own shipments from China. And they also have a microelectronics company called Annapurna Labs. Hmm. So now you know. There's so many to list. Fantastic. (laughs) Good for them. They're doing really well. (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks again, Doug. Um, Great to chat with you. All right. Thank you, guys.
habitat. And when the moon comes up and the sky goes black, I'll say goodnight to the muskrats, turtles, and ants. Then I'll lay my head down on the grass, cause I don't want to live in your plastic habitat. I like to feel the breeze through trees, collect firewood and berries, throw away my phone car keys. Then I'll find a stream and talk to the bees. It's been a week since I shaved, making beats in a cave, by banging pots with a branch. There's a ranch up the way, but they said I could stay in the clearing halfway between the mountains and the bay. And I don't have to pay if I make the horses go bray when I feed them some hay. All the things that I fear disappear to the creatures of the woods. I'm a near to bird lives in my beard, and they don't think it's weird when I dance in the nude. My best friend is a squirrel named Earl. Spin around, look up, the Big Dipper. I ate a little mushy, now they call me Jack Tripper. There's burrs in my knickers, I'm chilling with some critters. My acorn fritters make the chipmunks chitter. I take a bath in the creek, it's not too deep. All the frogs leap by my feet. I used to stare at a square in my hand. Now I'm living off the fat of the land. City life is a scam. Out here, nothing is bland. When you're living like Tarzan. I'm the real landlord cause I don't pay rent I use paracord to tie down my North Face tent Which I keep zipped up to keep the moths out I'm a city dropout Used to mingle with the honeys at the Hofbrau Now the cute bunnies hop out From the hilltops with the beavers and ferrets I don't got much but I'm down to share it on my lettuce and carrots When the sun comes up I'll slither out of my bag I'll climb up a tree till I'm covered in sap And I'll hang upside down like a bat Cause I don't wanna live in your plastic habitat When the moon comes up and the sky goes black I'll say goodnight to the muskrats, turtles and ants Then I'll lay my head down on the grass Cause I don't wanna live in your plastic habitat All the things that I feel Creatures of the woods, I'm a near a bird lives in my beard, and I don't think it's weird when I dance in the nude. 